Thank you. Good morning, everybody. So glad you're here today. Uh, before we move any further, can we, I think that we just need to give honor where honor is due. You guys have some of the best pastors in the country at this church, and I think we should give it up for Pastor TJ and Shayla and their leadership and what God's doing through them here at this church. Uh, they're some of my closest pastor friends, and I remember when my wife and I moved uh, down here from North Carolina to plant our church almost six years ago. Um, I didn't know anybody in South Florida. And if you move from the South down here, this is not the South, all right? This is New York in the South is what I found out to be. And so I'm like, I got to find some friends. I don't know anybody down here. And I saw one church that was in our organization that we planted with, and it was TJ. One other crazy church planter like myself that would give up everything, their salaries, their health insurances, to go start a church and pastor amazing people like you. And so I'm honored just to be their friend and to be here uh, to speak today. Um, well, my name is Kevin. As, as, as TJ said, we are in the north part of Palm Beach County, uh, in Palm Beach Gardens area. We've been there almost six years. And I have an amazing family. I think we have a picture here of my family. Uh, this is my family right here. Uh, this is Caleb, my six-year-old. He likes to smile sometimes. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's amazing. This is my daughter, Addison. She's 10, going on 14. And uh, my amazing wife, Danielle, which is one of our main worship leaders. And so I'm just blessed to have an amazing family and to do life with and uh, so grateful for them today. Uh, one thing that I really felt when I came here today, I really felt that the greater days for Coastal Community Church are ahead of you. Let me say that again. Y'all didn't, didn't grab that. I really think the best days for this church are ahead of you. I really do. I really believe that. And not just the church, but I believe that for you personally. I believe that your greater days are ahead. And we're going to talk about that this morning. But let's pray before we dive into the word today. Father, God, I just thank you that you're here God, I thank you that your presence is evident, and I just pray, Lord, that you would encourage us this morning. God, bring hope to all of us, uh, challenge some of us today, and I just pray that you would speak through me, God, to this amazing church. In Jesus' name, amen. Proverbs 13, 12 says this, says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hopes deferred makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. A dream fulfilled is a tree of life. How many of you have ever been sick before? Come on, the flu season has been out of control this year, hasn't it? Man, I hate getting sick. You get put in solitary confinement in your own house. You got tissues everywhere around the house. Daytime television, that's horrible, isn't it? Blankets, sweatpants, NyQuil, Chicken noodle soup and ginger ale, man. You know what I mean? It just happens when you're sick. And the funny thing is, is the manliest men in the world turn into eight-year-old little boys when they get sick. And they just start repeating things like, I don't feel good. Help me. It's hilarious. See, getting sick is one of the worst things that can happen to a human being. And the scripture says that sometimes we get heart sick. Not physical like the flu or a cold, but we get heart sick sometimes. It happens. 
to a lot of us. Some of you are heart sick because your sports teams just won't make it. Can the Dolphins ever get back to a Super Bowl? Come on, people. Any Dolphins fans? Oh, y'all, all, everybody left the Dolphins. Look at this. I bet they're all New England Patriots fans. Anybody north? Yeah, there we go. Your sports, <laughs> boo. I love this church. Sports teams, man, they can make you heart sick. Others of you, though, your heart's sick for more serious reasons. See, this life that we live can make you heart sick. The things that, that this community went through a month ago can make you heart sick. See, you may be heart sick if you find yourself not looking forward to anything. When you feel like your best days were actually behind you instead of ahead of you, you might be heart sick. Or when you just stop dreaming anymore. A dream for your life. And there's a lady in the, in the scriptures we're going to talk about this morning that went through this very bad. And she went, this, went through this for a very long season. And the story picks up in Matthew 9, 20. And it says this, just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years. Everybody say 12 years. That's a long time. She suffered with constant bleeding. And it says that she came up behind him, which was Jesus. And she touched the fringe of his robe. She didn't touch his hand. She didn't touch his head. She didn't touch his feet. She just touched a piece of his clothing. That's how desperate this lady was. And she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around to her, and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged. I love how he called her daughter. He didn't know her, but he knew that she was his daughter, that personal relationship. Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman, it says, was healed at that moment. She was instantly healed. After 12 years of suffering, she was instantly healed. Think about 12 years with me this morning. 12 years ago, I was 29 years old. I mean, I was in my third year of marriage 12 years ago. 12 years ago, some of you college sophomores were in kindergarten. 12 years ago, the Los Angeles Lakers beat the New Jersey Nets for the third straight title. 12 years ago was back in the days where Tiger Woods was good at golf. Hey, he's trying to make a comeback, though. I was at the Honda Classic two weeks ago. He's trying. 12 years ago, a lot of you were carrying around Nokia 6100 cell phones and a Palm Pilot. 12 years ago, a horrible show started called The Bachelor. Horrible. And all, every man in America started praying for Jesus to come back every once a week. Please, Lord, no more Bachelor. A show called Friends was the number one show out 12 years ago. Carrie Underwood won the American Idol 12 years ago. This lady, for 12 years, had believed God for a miracle, and she got nothing. Nothing. And for some of you, this morning, you can, relate, you can relate to that in your life. You've been asking God, but it seems like your hopes and dreams have been delayed right now. 
And this morning, you've come, you might be heartsick. You may be struggling. Some of you are begging for God to show up right now in your life. You're asking him, some of you, to send you a spouse, praying for healing in your body, desiring more of the purposes of God in your life. Or maybe you have a son or daughter that you just can't connect with right now. Your marriage has been tense for years and it just doesn't seem to get better. You can't seem to make it financially or you can't seem to get control of something that's controlling you. And sometimes in this moment and in those seasons, you can become heartsick. You can become discouraged. You can want to throw in the towel and call it quits. It happens. I've entitled today's message, Greater Days Ahead. Because I literally believe that the best days of life for you are ahead of you. I believe the best days for Coastal Community Church are ahead of you. I really believe that. I don't know, man. Call me crazy. Call me naive. Call me super spiritual if you want. But I just really believe that for my family, the days to come are going to be filled with more laughter. They're going to be filled with more peace with God, more joy, more success, and more miracles. I just choose to believe that. I just can't bring myself to think that the days ahead of us will be worse than the days behind us. See, greater days are ahead. And I speak that over you today. No matter where you've been, what you've experienced, what your circumstances, right this second, I believe for all of you that your greater days are right ahead of you. Do you believe that this morning? See, I believe the greatest days of life are ahead of you. I believe God wants to give you something and give your hope back this morning. I believe that God wants you to start dreaming again and having vision again for your life and start hoping again. Greater days are ahead. If you're taking notes, number one is this. Number one, it takes courage to keep trying. It takes courage to keep going. You gotta have courage because every time you try, you risk failing. See, she touched the, 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 the fringe of his robe. She risked failing in that moment, but she did it anyway. She had courage to touch him. See, because of this woman's bleeding, she was considered unclean. And it was a lot like leprosy back in those days. And, and if you had leprosy or you were unclean, you had, to, you had to live outside of the city. All the unclean people lived outside of where everybody else lived like we would live. And when they would come into town or around people, they had to shout, unclean! I'm unclean, I'm coming. Because when they said that, she, they couldn't touch you or you couldn't touch them. And they had to do that every time they were around. She was an untouchable person. See, she was considered an outcast of society because of her condition. Listen to me this morning. She wasn't allowed to touch anybody, and she reached out and touched Jesus. She knew that her miracle was there. She knew that if she could just get to Jesus and fight through the crowds and touch the hem of his garment, that she would come and be healed. And she knew it and she fought for it. 
and her faith is what I want to have. See, sometimes you might feel like you're too unclean to touch Jesus because of your past or something that's happened. And I'm here to tell you this morning, it doesn't matter how unclean you are or what your, ha- your past is or what happened this past week, you always can have access to touch the Son of God. And when you do, you will have a moment and your life can be changed. Just know that in your heart, there's, not, there's always time for you and Jesus to have that moment. I remember growing up as a pastor's kid, I'm a third generation pastor. My grandfather was a church planner in New Orleans all the way through Louisiana, and my dad was a pastor in North Carolina for 19 years. That's where I grew up. And I remember growing up in the church, and I literally cut my teeth on the church pew. I remember growing up uh, probably two or three years after my dad got to the church in North Carolina, we began to have exponential growth. And we had so much growth in our church that we had to have six services on a Sunday morning. What does that mean for me? That means I was at every single service. We couldn't couldn't build a building fast enough for the growth. And it was just hard. And what happened in that season of, of our church growth and me being there is I stopped liking church. I didn't even wanna be at church. I didn't even wanna see anybody. I, I've, I've, done, I've been here way too long. And what happened is my relationship with God was attached to the building and the programs and my dad being burned out and, and getting cancer and all the things we went through as a family while we were building the church and it made me not like, I don't even want any of that. That's why I love churches like this that are life-giving churches. And so what did I do? About 15 or 16, man, I turned my back on God and I ran as fast as I possibly could run. As fast as I could run. Alcohol abuse, drug abuse. If there was a party in my city, I was there. I was the one holding the keg. You know what I'm saying? I know none of y'all have ever drank before. So anyway, but I was the one in the middle of the party. I was that guy. And for five to six years, I ran, I ran, I partied, I ran some more. And I ended up finding myself in Southern California. All right, don't move to Southern California if you're trying to find Christ. I'm just going to tell you all right now. I'm just joking. It's a great place. But I ended up there, and I ended up with no relationship with my parents, no friends around me, no money, flat broke. And it was like God stripped everything back so that I would come to him. And I remember sitting in this little nasty apartment in Newport Beach. I know that's hard to imagine there. And I got on my knees and I said, God, if you're real, the God I heard preached about my whole childhood, if that's all real and you're real, I just need you to show show up right now. And I remember in that moment, I had a moment with God that changed my life forever. I've never swayed away from God since six months later after that, I was enrolled in Southeastern University to be a pastor. And the second year I was there, I was so gung-ho, I I made it out of addiction, I was heading into the right direction, and the second year there, I felt like I was ready to quit. See, people told me when I was younger, oh, he'll never graduate college. He's just a partier, he's an addict. 
He'll never do anything substantial with his life. And I remember these thoughts going through my head as I'm in the battling through my sophomore year. Should I quit? Should I go back to the business world? Should I do what I've called to do? And I remember fighting through these times. And what I had to learn in that time is sometimes when you want to quit, you just got to press through. Sometimes you just got to pray through those times and not give up. And what I learned in that, in that season was the discipline of not quitting. Some of you need to learn that muscle this morning, that discipline of just not quitting. However tough it gets, you just don't quit. You just don't quit. See, sometimes it seems easier to quit, doesn't it? Absolutely. See, some of you might be here this morning, you're searching. You don't even know what you believe. Some of you, you're married, you're, you're married here, and your marriage has been falling apart, and the easy way out is just say, you know what, I'm done. We're going to give up on this. Some of you young adults and college students, you're trying to have character in your life and live pure before the Lord, and it feels so easy just to give up and go back to where you were. Some of you might be facing addictions like I was in your life, and you battled it so much the food, the eating disorders, relationships, alcohol, drugs. It is so easy just to stop to quit trying to get free. See, it's easy to quit in the moment and be full of regret down the road. Vince Lombardi said this, once you learn to quit, it becomes a habit. Once you learn to quit, it becomes a habit. See, it takes courage to keep trying. Hey, if you don't quit, you win. You know what I think we should celebrate sometimes? Is people that just don't quit. We should have a party for people that just persevere and make it through. Proverbs 24, 16 says, for though a righteous man falls seven times, look at this, he rises again. Some of you have been beat down some of you have wanted to quit several times, but you gotta keep getting up and keep fighting. As Christ followers sometimes, I feel like we walk around the city with our head between our legs walking around like we don't serve a good God or we don't serve a God that does miracles. No, I think as Christ followers, we need to start picking our heads up and walking around this city like, you know what, God's got my back. Not Charles Schwab, God's got my back and start walking around with confidence that we are Christ followers. No, we're not gonna quit. Through adversity in our city, no, we're gonna stand firm on the word of God. We're gonna stand firm in our marriage. We're gonna start grabbing our kids' hands and praying over them before we take them to school. We are Christ followers. We're not weak. No, Jesus is with us. Proverbs 24, 16 says, for though a righteous man falls, he rises. Let's rise up today. See, this woman, this woman took a risk. How devastating would it have been after 12 years if she took the risk and nothing happened? It takes courage to keep going. Gotta learn the disciplines of not quitting. See, I believe there's greater days ahead for us that just don't quit. Number two, if you're taking notes, write this down. It also takes faith to see the other side, man. It takes faith to see the other side of what you're going through 
or what you need to get through. The faith that Pastor TJ and Shayla have is remarkable. When you can have faith that one day you'll have a, a piece of land and a building being built for a community like this, that takes faith, people. That's huge faith. We're right in the middle of looking buildings for our church. It's discouraging. It's a million dollars an acre in Palm Beach County. There, there, actually, there is no land hardly, but if there is, that's what it costs. And, and commercial real estate is the highest it's ever been. But I believe in those moments, we need to have faith to not quit. So what is it in your life? Is it your business? Is it your marriage? Is it school? What is that thing that you need to have faith to see the other side? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I love what 1 Timothy 6.12 says. It says, fight the good fight of faith. We've got to become fighters sometimes. See, sometimes it takes so much faith to imagine circumstances being different. Think about how hard it is to have faith for this lady after 12 years. Mark 5, 26 said that she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, and yet instead of getting better, she got worse. So I'm waiting for God to show up to help me, but I'm getting worse in the process. How many of you ever felt like that before? Come on, let's just be real. You feel like things are getting worse around here. It happens to all of us. It's like the more she tried, the worse it got. And sometimes it's hard to see the other side when you see everybody else's life that seems awesome. And that's what's so bad about social media, isn't it? You watch Instagram and this stuff, everybody's life looks amazing, man. They're, everybody's in Hawaii, it seems like. I'm like, how many people take so many vacations, man? There's nobody taking cry selfies, is there? It's fake, man. Half the people on those things are miserable. It's a fake society, what we've made. We're not being real. It's tough. We're going through stuff. Imagine this woman with the bleeding issue. She couldn't touch anybody for 12 years. Think about the discouraging thoughts that, that ran through her head on a daily basis. Seeing everybody else hugging people, giving piggyback rides, high-fiving people. She couldn't do any of it. See, we don't really get the story of what happened throughout those 12 years. We're, we just get the highlight reel in the Bible. She touched, she got healed, and on she went with her amazing life. But what happened in that 12 years of discouragement? The 12 years of not being able to touch anyone, hug. The 12 years of insecurity that you know she had. The 12 years of barely hanging on. The 12 years of battling doubt that God's even real or am I ever going to get healed or is this breakthrough ever going to come from my life? 12 years is 4,380 days. 105,120 hours. 6,307,200 minutes. And 378 million 432,000 seconds she waited on God to show up. 
Can you imagine the disillusionment she felt on day 400? All right, God, it's been a year now. It's, it's about time for you to come. I've used all my money. I'm broke now. Come on, it's been 100 days. What's going on? And then think about five years. God, it's been five years. Like, are, are you real? I mean, some of us get discouraged if we don't get an answer in three days. Seriously. Oh, God's not showing up for me. How long have you been praying? Oh, I've been praying three days. Come on, man. We don't serve an iPhone God. You can't open his app up and get an answer. Sometimes God's timing is not iPhone timing, but that doesn't mean that he forgot about you. Because in those times of waiting, he is doing something inside of you. He is, he's getting your prayer life together. He's getting a character built. And some of you need to stop thinking about when he's gonna answer you and let God do a work in you. Because the faster he does the work in you is when the answer usually comes. Because when you fight him, it's gonna take longer, man. Let him do the work. He has not forgotten about you. He hears your prayers and he will answer. That's the God that we serve. Number three, it takes one moment for everything to change. It takes one encounter with God, it takes one moment with him, everything will change. I wanna remind you that the scripture says that the woman was healed in an instant. 12 years trying to get rid of disease, in one second she was healed. 12 years of praying, 12 years of begging, 12 years of embarrassment. And it comes down to one touch, one touch, one moment, one encounter with Jesus on that road. And this lady's life was changed forever. Think about the outlook on her life when that happened. It changed the way she saw her future. It changed her confidence. It changed her relationship with God and other people around her. One answered prayer changes everything. One phone call, one closed door, one open door, one scripture just at the right time changes everything. In fact, in my life, it's been the encounters with God, the one touches, the moments that have been the most significant times in my life. And they don't happen every week. I wish they did. They might happen every five years or every 10 years. But there's these moments that we have with Jesus that gets you through and it changes you. And you feel his love and you encounter his presence. These moments are here for you right now right now. These defining moments. Moses had one. Remember the burning bush? This bush started talking and he was so hard-headed that he had to get a bush talk to him. This bush starts talking to Moses and God's like, you're going to deliver the Israelites out of slavery. One of the biggest leadership jobs in the scripture. Boom. That one moment changed Moses forever. What about Abraham? He had that one encounter with God where God called him away to his homeland. What about Paul? His, his, his first name was Saul. He was killing Christians. And he had an encounter with God 
on Damascus Road, and it changed his name to Paul. And from then on out, he started leading people to Jesus on a daily basis. That one moment changed him. Think about the disciples. They're out there fishing, just messing around. And Jesus is like, hey, come over here for a second. I want to have a convo with you. And the next thing you know, they dropped their nets and they started walking with Jesus. And it changed their life forever. Some of you this morning just need that moment. You're ready to quit. It might not have been 12 years. It might have been six months, but that still feels hard. And you're right in the middle of that. A year and a half ago, I turned to my wife and I said, I'm going to quit the church. I'm done, man. I can't do this anymore. We had just started looking for buildings. Nobody was wanting to talk to us or even come off their asking price. I, we felt stuck in the school we were at, and I was just, I was done. I was in one of the darkest seasons as a pastor I've ever had in my life. And I turned to my wife and I said, I'm done. And she said, no, you're not. Isn't that awesome when your wife just backslaps you sometimes and like, dude, shut up. That's kind of what she did to me. She said, no, you're not. You need to talk to the Lord about this. I said, no, man, I just want to give it up. And I began to pray. And it wasn't like this awesome moment I had in prayer where God came down to my home like, stay with it, Kevin, I'm with you. That didn't happen to me. It was more of like me going after him. And it was months of me going through this dark season and, and not giving up and praying through it and showing up on a Sunday morning when I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be at church. I, I was in a bad spot. And I would just continue to show up and continue to pray. And I, and I remember a couple months ago when I came out of that season. And I remember me looking back of what the Lord taught me in the darkest season of my life. He built character in my life. He helped me not to be a quitter anymore or want to quit. He made me a better father in that moment. And he made me a better leader in that year and a half. And when I show up to Sunday now, man, I got so much faith inside of me. It don't matter who shows up. I know we're going to take a city. I know that we're going to get a building. I know that God's going to move. Because in that season of quitting, in that season of a year and a half, it wasn't 12 years, but it was a year and a half, and it felt like 12. But in that season, I just didn't quit. And I just pressed through. And some of you this morning, I just want to encourage you, in this dark time, God is wanting to do something inside of you. And I want to pray for you today. You'll close your eyes all across this room. You say, Kevin, I'm here. And I feel like giving up. When you said greater days ahead are for me, I was like, he's not talking about me. That's what you felt. And some of you have been in a tough season this past month, and you don't even feel like you can see the future anymore. And today, the Lord wants to have that one moment with you. And in that moment, things begin to start coming clear. In that moment, dreams begin to come back. In that moment, vision for your life begins to happen. And in that moment, you and Jesus are reconnected. 
And if that's you, I want to pray for you right now. Say, Kevin, that's me. Slip up a hand right now. Say, man, will you pray for me this morning? Yes. I see your hands all across the room. Raise it up high so I can see you. Thank you for your honesty and your transparency. Father, I pray for every hand that was raised in this place today. God, I just pray for supernatural peace over these people. God, I pray that in the middle of discouragement or wanting to call it quits or whatever it may be, I just pray, Lord, that that you will help them not to quit. You will encourage them, Lord. You will show them that you're with them, God. And those that might be here today and they're not walking with you, I just pray today they would reconnect with you, Lord, in their life. But I just pray for encouragement. I pray for hope. And I pray that the greater days are ahead for this amazing church and these amazing people. And I just pray today, God, have your way in our lives. God, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for saving us. And we thank you that we can come to you like the lady did after 12 years. And we can touch you and be changed. And we are grateful for that this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless. Let's give it up.